Good morning. Hope everybody's having a wonderful day today so far, and uh, hope everybody slept well. Uh, of course, the uh, music that you heard uh, prior to uh, coming on here was Stephen Curtis Chapman, Long Way Home, and uh, of course, uh, uh, right after that, we were some Celtic worship, and uh, I've said before, I like bagpipes, I like uh, Celtic music, uh, but Stephen Curtis Chapman will always be my favorite of all contemporary Christian music artists out there. There's a lot of good ones, but he's always been my favorite. I always feel like he's always been sincere. He's always tried to, uh, uh, based on interviews and things I've seen, that he's always been uh, uh, tried to do what's right and uh, stayed close with the Lord. And I think his music reflects that. And uh, I've always been a big fan. He's got an awesome uh bluegrass album he's come out with he works with ricky skaggs and got one song he's done one or two he's done with his dad on that album and uh, it's pretty good if you ever get a chance go to youtube and check that out and uh but yeah i've been a fan of his for many since i was a teenager really i've been a fan of his that long so but uh uh but uh ali says she likes uh scott scotch scots irish and she says she loves the pipes as well so i'm glad we got a fellow uh, uh celtic music lover here so I'm, something about that you know i really think because um, my on my dad's side uh, scotch irish ancestry and uh, sometimes i wonder if it's um in our dna uh to uh because there's just something about when our uh, when those bagpipes light up it just i don't know it just evokes an immediate response from, in a, and an emotion and uh, makes me wonder if maybe there's some sort of genetic link if you will uh to that but uh all right so let's go ahead and let us uh must be new to uh some people uh out there but we're going to stand for the pledge of allegiance and uh i won't get on that here in a minute but anyway let's stand to the pledge of allegiance i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all you know guys and gals i tell you what i am um, i'm sure many of you have seen uh east tennessee state university's basketball men's basketball team kneeling at the anthem what a bunch of little punks and uh you can quote me on that uh, feel free to share that with the media in any ways you feel necessary i was looking at some of the comments uh under uh, the local news station uh, about these uh punks and uh they uh were uh, uh some said well it's their first amendment right is they have the, yeah they have the freedom to do it but does it give these punks a right you know seeing these little drips kneeling at our national anthem uh, whether it's them or professional ball team whatever it may be uh, to me everyone i might be just drop kicked right in the face and i know that uh, you may say well that's not a very preacherly thing to say you know it is probably not showing a very loving attitude but here's the thing guys and gals i love our country I love the United States. I love what that flag represents. And I think about those men and those women who have fought and who have died and who have sacrificed. I think about all these veterans who are disabled in order to keep these little lowlifes free to be able to kneel. And I guarantee if you asked every one of these little drip 
punks out there. If you, why are you kneeling? They probably couldn't give you a straight answer. Oh, uh, they're the the publicity uh, or or their spokespeople for ETSU will say that uh, oh, it's uh, they're doing it because of of social uh, reform and the way that uh, the uh, police are treating uh, whatever bull hockey. They're disrespectful, and uh, you know it is. Um, uh, you know if they're so concerned with with social uh, reform, then why don't they take their little happy rear ends and start doing some volunteer work within the community and work on those relationships? I'd have more respect for somebody like it to try to work on relationships. If there's such a, a worry about police officers or such a worry about racial discrimination, then take your happy rear end out there and get out in the community and make a difference and try to repair those ideals and relationships. But when I see these people kneeling at this flag, and then what it represents and what how it represents our freedom, our liberties, and what it stands for, and how people are dying and killing themselves to get into this wonderful country and to see them kneel at that. I'm telling you guys and gals, I want to absolutely um, it's a good thing I don't go to these ball games because I'd probably run down and I'd be in jail because I'd probably run down on the floor and just start swinging. I'll be honest with you. Because I'm getting tired of seeing this flag being desecrated. This means something. And it means something wonderful. And see, you know what, and what I blame too is, is liberal professors, liberal parents, or the lack thereof uh, when it comes to parenting, and a lack of history being taught. Real history. Most history has been rewritten. History has been rewritten in a liberal agenda. And these, these idiots probably couldn't tell you what the colors of this wonderful flag, what it represents. Couldn't tell you what uh, the red stands for the blood, the white for purity, the, the, the field of blue for liberty, how the stars represent each and every one of our wonderful United States. Uh, and and it, just, it just amazes me uh, the, uh, uh, to see the blatant disrespect. They might as well just go up and spit on every veteran they see. They might as well go up and just spit on this wonderful flag. And I tell you, I'm sick of it. I am I'm I'm done. I am absolutely done. I hope everybody out there boycotts uh ETSU's games or any other team out there that's going to start pulling this junk. And I last night on uh, uh local news station uh, they had a little uh, liberal professor and just you know they they think they're so superior. They think they're so much smarter than the rest of us. And uh and I guess I'm tired of their condescending attitude and particularly when it comes to this area they were what's a little dumb backward rednecks that don't understand uh what's going on in the world the way they she tried this this ex-professor tried to uh, uh present it as if we're too stupid to know what they're doing no the ignorance lies on them and i'll tell you what i've had it i've absolutely had it and uh somebody needs to start teaching some lessons and uh, uh some lessons are probably uh uh, more painful than others to learn, if you know what I mean. Because I've I've had it. All right, now I'm I'm done with our flag being treated the way it is. And uh, Lord help me. I'll be honest with you. Lord help me if I ever catch anybody burning that flag. I, I catch some little punk kneeling at the national anthem because I'm telling you, I, I'm I'm just I'm done with it. So uh, uh, Jennifer Hunnicutt says going to the football game tomorrow, and I'll be particularly watching what the football team does during that. Yeah, let me know, Jennifer. Let me know what the football team does. Because I'm telling you right now, they're they're going to put their nail in their own coffin, and uh, they're going to start losing ticket sales. People will quit going to their games, and I hope that they do big time. If this is the kind of garbage, we're going to, but look at what we're looking at. I mean, look at ETSU. I mean, look how liberal they are. Uh, I mean, they they support every anti-biblical thing out there anyway, 
And, uh, in fact, uh, they said that, um, uh, I can't remember his name, he's an actor, I don't know if he's still teaching over there or not, but he's a big liberal that, uh, he was on Tool Time and some different other shows and such, but, uh, out there, uh, help, uh promoting, uh, BLM garbage and it just, I'm sick of it, guys, I'm, I'm just sick of it. You know, I have too much respect for these men and women who fought for this country, too much respect for this flag uh, to see these little punks out there kneeling. And I, and I saw that on social media yesterday. I tell you, I about blew my top. I'm, 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 I'm sick to death of it. I really am. And uh, they don't want to get out there and do anything about it, but then we got to show their little fannies and think they're being cute and uh, don't have a clue to what they're doing. And uh, it's about time somebody starts calling them out for what they are. And, I, you know, it's, it's the, the little spineless cowards like Crappernick out there that, that started all this mess. And, uh, and he's just a, he's a worthless little coward like the rest of them. And, again, feel free to quote me. <laughs> so, all right. Now that I got that off my chest, let's dive into God's Word. <laughs> all right. <laughs> We're going to look at Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And again, that's Romans eight twenty-eight. Now, we need to look at some things here. I think that sometimes this verse can be used in a... Uh, uh, insensitive way uh, i think there's uh, some well-intentioned individuals out there who use this verse but use it incorrectly and we have to be very careful because sometimes when someone's in the throes of pain and uh, someone throws this verse out you know it, it may not always be the right time uh, to to throw that out there uh, because you know and i think a lot of christians you know and i have done uh, in fact my um, one of my um, master's degrees is in uh, Christian counseling and I was doing a and I primarily focused on grief counseling so I felt like as a pastor I was probably one of the primary uh, uh, areas uh, that I would have to deal with the most and you know when you're in the midst of grieving uh, you know you have you're you're so overwhelmed with that emotion that sometimes people can be sincere and if you heard me say before they can be sincerely wrong and uh, we have to be careful how we approach uh, individuals during that time of grief. Uh, they're just sometimes confused. They're knocked off guard. Uh, they, uh, uh, you know, it, it, we don't want to minimize their pain. And I think a lot of Christians, when dealing with grief, have guilt. And the reason why is because they think, well, I know where this person's at, and so I shouldn't be this upset. I, sh I shouldn't be uh, crying. I shouldn't be uh, feeling this sad because I know where they're at. I know I'll see them again. And so they put false guilt upon themselves. And I try to tell people, hey, man, don't don't put that kind of false guilt uh, on you. It's, it's perfectly natural to be sad. It's perfectly natural to cry. It's perfectly natural to miss that individual. Uh, you know, remember, Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, and it says Jesus wept. So, I mean, there's no, no sin or no crime or no wrong in that. And, uh, and it's confusing sometimes when you see a wonderful loved one uh, to go on to be home with the Lord, and you see these evil, vile people running around, and you're thinking, well, how is that even fair? But uh, there, you know, our days are numbered, and God knows when we're going to be uh, leaving this world. And they, those who are evil, just remember, God's trying to give them uh, time to come to turn, to come to know Him, uh, before it's too late. And so you need to be careful about having that false sense of guilt when dealing with loss. And uh, you know, you don't want to live in a uh, 
uh, constant state of depression, constant state of sorrow, and focused on that. Now, you know, you, I mean, there's that time to, to grieve. And I'm not saying you've got to hurry up and get over it. You know, there's your time to grieve is, is different for each person. But you've got, you know, eventually you've got to understand, am I focusing on nothing but grief or am I focusing on the things of Christ? Yes, I miss this individual. Yes, it's sad. But I need to focus and redirect all the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. So be careful when you're throwing out this verse uh, of Romans 8.28. There is truth in it. But it's the fact that we see this, that God, you know, that all things work together for good, that it's for God's ultimate good and God's ultimate purpose for our lives is what this is referring to. Now, we need to back up just a hair and look at, um, if you have your Bibles ready, uh, Romans 8, uh, let's look at uh, verse 26, is likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So, now, well, that's the first thing we need to look at here. Because we're going to face trials, we're going to face tribulations, we're going to face those things that is going to be hard and difficult to face. So that's when we go to God in prayer, we pray for the Spirit to speak to God on our behalf. So likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Remember that parakletos, the Holy Spirit, the helper, is what helps us get through that. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And then that's when we come to 8:28 our focus this morning and we know that all we and we know that for those who love God all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose and let's, let's go ahead and read verse 29 for those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers now here's the thing um I'm not getting into predestination and, and uh, that uh, this this morning, but uh, we'll save that topic for another time. But here's the thing: uh, for those, remember, we read this, and we know for those who love God, all things work together good for those who are called according to His purpose. Now He's you know for those who He has called the the, the elect, and I know again I, I've, I've tried to go into detail. Uh, about election uh, throughout, and I feel like I've I have uh, explained that uh, as best as I, I have, and I don't feel the need to go back into that at this time. But uh, for those who He has called, the the elect, and again it gets gets get you into the predestination aspect of verse twenty nine. But those who He has called, he, He's got a plan. He has a purpose for us in this world. Uh, these present sufferings, if you will, are only temporary. For God to bring about His ultimate good, you know, a lot of times we're going and facing trials. God, you know, we may pray, say, "God, you'll know, help me, deliver me from this." It may not be delivered immediately. I mean, you look at Job and what he had to face and what he had to go through. And even though God was using Job to bring about His perfect will and purpose, Job had to suffer greatly so that God could use him. And God used him in such a mighty way to prove not only his faithfulness in despite of all that he had lost, in despite of all that he suffered, but to be an inspiration to us today to see that someone like him can suffer so much but still keep the faith. You can look at Joseph. Remember how his brothers were so jealous of him. And, uh, and when they threw him into that pit, originally they were going to, to kill him. And uh, his younger brother said, hey, let's not, let's not do that. 
uh, let's you know, let's just uh, you know, he's trying to think of another way to to go about it to save his life. And that's when the caravan came through. They sold him into slavery. I mean, you could only imagine what Joseph was thinking during this time. Said, "What is going on, man? My old brothers are trying to kill me. Now I'm into slavery. Goes into slavery. You know, things start looking up a little bit." Next thing you know, Potiphar's wife's hitting on him, and he's like, hey, you know, he, he, a good example of a flea in the face of temptation. He, I mean, literally ran so fast, he left his cloak there, ends up in jail. But then, next thing you know, uh, he was able to uh, explain uh, the uh, Pharaoh's uh, dreams and was put into a position as his, uh, I mean, of authority, as, as almost equal to that of Pharaoh of the time, and was able to not only help save uh, in the midst of poverty, stricken conditions, help save those in Israel, but even save his own brothers and father in that. And so, and even Joseph said what uh, man meant for evil, God meant for good. So we may not always understand on this side of heaven why we have to go through certain trials, tribulations, uh, but we need to keep our focus on the Lord, keep our trust in him, keep our faith in him, despite the harrowing circumstances which we may have to face each and every day. And, uh, you know, who knows? That could be job loss. It could be loss of a family member. It could be a grim diagnosis. In fact, when I say grim diagnosis, it made me think of, uh, uh, um, oh, goodness, um, was it uh, Jody? Is it Jody Erickson? Uh, she was the... Um, uh, she uh, was uh, the Olympian, uh, and she uh, was went to a dive and broke her neck and uh, was in a wheelchair. They did a movie about her life and everything. I think it's Jody Erickson, I want to say. But anyway, uh, she, you know, what an incredible testimony. Uh, here she was an Olympic uh, competitor and broke her neck, paralyzed, but yet she turned to God, turned to God and uh, was able to minister in a mighty way to those who are disabled. And then, despite all that, she has she got breast cancer. And to show, demonstrate her attitude, she said, God used me to minister to the disabled. Now God's going to use me to minister to cancer patients. What, what an incredible testimony uh, to her faith and what she was dealing with because she, she knows that God was using her for his ultimate good and purpose despite the pain and the setbacks and the things she was going to have to face. You know, it always amazed me, you know, I've, you know, many of you know, I've had a lot of health problems and uh, I've stayed really sick for a long time. And it's not, not uncommon for me to keep pneumonia, uh, upper respiratory infections, bronchitis, you know, it's, it's just, you know, I, it's not, you know, it's something, a flu, you know, it just, you know, I stay sick. Then I'd have major stomach surgery and just that's one thing after another. But, you know, in every single situation, despite the pain, despite the sickness, it never has failed to amaze me that every time God has placed me in an area, in a situation to talk to either someone, uh, a doctor, the staff, the nurses, someone sitting around me about Jesus Christ. And you know what? Hey, if that's what it took for me uh, to get to those individuals and tell them about Jesus, invite them to church, hey, I'll gladly take those things if that's what it means to spread the gospel. Uh, you know, it was, um, uh, my mind went blank on his name. He was, um, this has been many, many years ago. He was the uh, uh, head of the uh, Salvation Army. And uh, it was during the time when Robert uh, Kipling was still alive, which kind of gives you maybe a time frame as to what I'm talking about here. 
and uh, uh, and he was talking to uh, Kipling was talking to him uh, about uh, uh, salvation and and uh, about Christianity. And one thing that this I wish my mind my mind went blank. I wish I remember his name. That was over the Salvation Army time. He said, "If I had to stand on my hands and knee, I mean, stand on my hands rather, do a headstand, and put tambourines between my knees and clang them together uh, to make a noise in order to draw someone to the Lord," he said, "I would do it." And we need to have that same kind of attitude, you know, whatever it takes. You know, we don't need to uh, be uh, crass. We don't need to to shove it down people's throats. But we need to look for those opportunities uh, to uh, tell others about the love of Jesus Christ. But, uh, but yeah, you know, we look at that. We, of course, we talk about Joseph, and, and we was talking about uh, some of those other things, uh, about uh, Job. But uh, there was a quote here. Yeah, here it is. Um, let's see here. Uh, Douglas Moo, that's really his name, M-O-O, <laughs> Douglas Moo, uh, said uh, in regards to Romans eight twenty eight through 30, said, We know that all things are working for good for those of us who love God, and we know this is so because we who love God are also those who have been summoned by God to enter into relationship with him, a summons that is in accordance with God's purpose to mold us into the image of Christ and to glorify us. So we're going to face pain. We're going to face trials. We're going to face tribulations. We're not always going to readily understand that. And when we read this verse, we need to read it in the context in which it was written, uh, that these things are brought about for God's ultimate good and that we are preparing ourselves uh, before the trials or tribulations hit, because that's why we're spending that time of prayer as we're reading in verse 26, uh, because we may not know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, being prepared and ready so when those trials come, we understand that God may be using that to shape us and to mold us. And not every trial that we face is God trying to show us something. You know, you look at the disciples, not every trial that that hit it was God trying to show them something. Sometimes trials hit just because we live in a sin-filled world. But that's why we need to pray, seek those things out. Is this something you're trying to show me, God? Or is this just an attack from the old devil and uh, something I need to, uh, to strengthen my faith in in the midst of this trial? But, uh, you know, so uh, let's be prepared. Let's understand that God is, has us here for his ultimate good and purpose. And we may not always understand that immediately. But um, uh, we know that uh, uh, we cannot always understand an infinite God when we're finite beings. But we keep the faith. We keep our eyes focused on him. We trust in him in all things and all areas in our lives. And let us be a witness for him. What is, what is the, what the greatest commandment? To lo- love the Lord thy God with all of our heart, soul, mind, body, and being, and to love our neighbors ourselves. Let us make sure that we're putting God in the forefront, not focusing on self, but focusing on God and see how we can bring about his perfect will, his good work in our lives and and for his purpose. And, uh, you know, if we could do that, what a mighty witness we could be. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Lord, help us uh, every day. Uh, we know that uh, you have chosen us, uh, you're elect, and Lord, uh, you have adopted us into the throne. And Lord, uh, let us be a witness. Let us serve you well. Let us be used for your good work and for your purpose. Let us strive to have that mind of Christ. Uh, Lord, help us to always be a witness for you, and no matter where we're at or what we're doing. And uh, even when we don't understand what's going on in our lives, we trust in you and that we keep the faith and stay strong. And Lord, uh, if there's anyone watching this morning that doesn't know you, Let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, 
be with our president, vice president, our nation's leaders, that they'll come to know you before it's too late. I pray that you'll be with this nation as a whole, that you'll touch hearts and minds and open eyes before it's too late. Lord, I know I've been pretty angry this morning in regards to these individuals kneeling at our flag. And Lord, I pray that uh, these kids uh, that have been misled and misinformed will be enlightened on how precious these freedoms are and not to take them lightly. Lord, I do pray for our sister in Christ, Kim Penix, and Wendy Lee, and Ginger Troy Hood, Lyndon David Feathers, Roger Winters, Jane Kitchings. Uh, Lord, I pray for Larry and Donna Knight. Lord, I pray for Verda Kimball, the loss of her brother. I pray for my family, the loss of my aunt. And uh, Lord, so many others who are dealing with loss and dealing with sickness. And I pray that you bring healing and strength to these individuals. Lord, be with us. Lead us, God, and watch your protect us this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this morning. Hope everybody has a wonderful and blessed day today. And don't forget, if you want to share these devotions or watch our services live, you can always go to flbconline.com and uh, watch there in case you know people don't do social media. And if you haven't already, be sure and go to the Doc Young Chronicles podcast on Apple iTunes, free of charge, audio only, and listen to all these devotions, all of our sermons as we're going out and about your day. I hope everybody does have a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching, and God bless.